Hey there, welcome to Urban Village Church. You're joining the live stream of our worship gathering. I'm Darren Calhoun, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. Whether you're a familiar face or new to our community, we're so grateful that you're here. At Urban Village Church, we're all about being bold, inclusive, and relevant. And if you're new here, let me tell you why that matters. First, boldness is in our DNA. We are not afraid to ask tough questions, to challenge the norms, and explore new possibilities. We believe that faith is a journey of growth and exploration. So get ready to dive deep and open your heart to some fresh perspectives. Inclusivity is at the core of who we are. No matter where you're from, how you identify, or what life experiences you've had, you are welcome here. We celebrate the wild and wonderful differences that make each of us unique. You belong in this community just as you are. And finally, we strive to be relevant. What we do as a church should connect with your everyday life. Our messages dig deep into real life issues and our times of worship are intentional about meeting you right where you are. Our aim is to provide inspiration and practical insights anchored by the love of Jesus that you can apply to your own journey. So as we continue with our worship gathering, I want to invite you to engage with us right now. Join in the conversation in the chat. Share your questions and share your thoughts or just say hi. After the sermon, we'll sometimes have a Q&A session where you can share your thoughts, ask questions and explore the message further. So keep your phone or keyboard handy. We also have an app and a digital connect card for you to fill out. It's a great way for us to get to know you better and for you to stay connected to the UBC community. You can find the link in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So let's dive in together. Open your heart, join the chat, ask questions, and fill out the digital connect card. We're excited to journey with you and co-create a vibrant community of love and support. Welcome to Urban Village Church. this morning. Um, we're going to continue in worship and um, singing a song that we have sung together here um, and worship together, but it's been a while. Um, so let's um, actually, we'll teach everyone the chorus again, just to kind of get familiar. Um, so the chorus just says, I need a reason to sing. I need a reason to sing. 
I need to know that you're still holding the whole world in your hands. I need a reason to sing. So it sounds like this. I need a reason to sing. I need a reason to sing. I need to know. I need to know that you're still holding the whole world in your hands. I need a reason to sing. So let's sing that one more time together. overcome by fear when I'm overcome by fear and I hate everything I know if this waiting lasts forever I'm afraid I might let it go I'm afraid I might let it go need a reason There'll be a victory.
bow your heads and pray with me this morning. Um, God, thank you for songs like this that remind us um, sometimes uh, we, we need a reason to sing. We need a reason to wake up in the morning, um, a reason to reach out to people. Um, a reason to ask for help. Um, sometimes it doesn't always feel like we have a reason and a purpose, um, especially when things around us are um, chaotic and scary. Um, and as um, we think today about um, what it might mean to feel blessed and um, loved and held as we mourn and um, think about so much loss and pain in the world, God, I pray that you would remind us um, of a reason to sing, God, and that you would remind us of a reason to be, um, a reason to show up and be in your presence, God. Um, um, thank you for this faith community that allows um, us to come together in moments of joy, in moments of pain, um, in moments of laughing and crying um, and dancing and mourning, God. And I pray that you would be with everyone here today um, as we hear your word and fellowship together. Um, we ask all these things in your name, God. Amen. You can be seated. Good morning, friends. You know, I usually don't like it when people say, oh, let's do that again, but I'm going to do it for this morning. Like, good morning, friends. Hey, good, morning. good morning. It's really good to see you. It's nice to have you here with us. My name is Christian Kuhn. Sorry, Gary. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, I am the pastor here of this community. It's really great to be with you here uh, in our midst. 
We are a church that uh, seeks to live out our mission statement. So <clears throat> when you came in today, you probably, hopefully, got one of these. And then you may have noticed on the back are some post-it notes. Uh, we're going to be using those later on. But it also covers up our mission statement, which I didn't necessarily mean to do. It's not like we're ashamed of our mission statement. You can pull that post-it note off and see that mission statement together. Uh, and let's uh, say this together. We exist to create Jesus-loving, inclusive communities that ignite the city and beyond. Woohoo! That's right. So we uh, aim to live that out by being true to our core values of being bold, inclusive, and relevant. Bold uh, in that we are rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you really uh, center yourself in that, things happen, I believe. Uh, and we believe, uh, and so hopefully we see the world a little bit differently, things can happen, and so we try our best to be rooted in that gospel. Out of that, then, we live into our second core value of being inclusive, meaning all are truly welcome. Some churches will sometimes say, or some communities will say all are welcome, but then the fine print kind of says, mm, maybe not so much, but uh, here truly all are welcome, uh, gay and straight, uh, cisgender and transgender, uh, black and white, uh, if you are a person who loves Almond Joys and Mounds uh, this week, you are welcome, which is hard for me to say because I'm, usually, I'm not a big fan of the Mounds and Almond Joy, but we are a place, we are a place that holds all of that. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so it's really, truly great to have you here in our midst today. Also, our third core value is to be relevant, and we try to live out uh, being inclusive. We try to live out being bold, uh, not just today, but every single day of the week. And so before I get to that, um, also the thing that I pointed out earlier, <clears throat> we would love to know who you are and how we can connect to you. And so you can either do that by scanning the QR code uh, on the bulletin. Also, I want to say, I forgot to say welcome to our online folks who are watching today as well. And so. This is the time for folks watching uh, at home or uh, in your, wherever you are uh, to scan that uh, so that we can let you know on the Connect card here. You can scan that or tear this off, and we're going to tear this off uh, together. And so on the count of three, let's all tear this off. Ready? One, two, three. Wonderful. Uh, and so um, you can fill that out. Let us know who you are, how we can connect with you, how you might want to get involved in the life of our community, that would be fantastic. I want to lift up just a couple of things about what's going on in the life of our church. Uh, today, uh, we are gathering uh, to talk about some stuff going on in the life of our church. Two pretty big things. We want to give folks a kind of an idea of where we are financially. Uh, we want to be transparent about that, so let folks kind of know. Um, we always try to be transparent, but we don't always kind of trumpet it. Uh, so we're going to do that today after worship. Also. Um, we're going to be talking about some staff stuff going on, uh, some current staff uh, changes, but then also some of you have been wondering uh, about what will happen uh, when I leave next summer, and so we'll give you a sense of what will be going on with that as well. So we'll give you <clears throat> like five minutes or so to go and get some goodies uh, and then come back here for um, that. Um, it might be a while, so I don't know. What's that? I have to come and get the goodies? Okay, all right, I will do that. All right. Um, 
No, that's, Marilyn, you threw me all off now. I'm all messed up here. I was in a rhythm, I was going. I said the almond joy and the mounds joke, that went well. And so now I'm all thrown off. Uh, that's right, thankfully I have this. Uh, okay, so uh, today is the last day of celebrating Socktober. And so uh, folks have been donating socks out in the narthex. And so uh, we are going to be taking those over to Housing Forward. So if you've got socks and want to do that, uh, that would be fantastic. Um, and then also, this is the season. Uh, I don't know, Jerry, did you want to make this announcement or do you want me to say something about the calendars? Oh, I'm here. I know you are. So I said, do you want to make the announcement or do you want me to? Oh, you're going to come up. All right. Your turn. Okay, I'm Jerry. <laughs> um, some of you, most of you, I think now know that every year I collect um, calendars that are sent to your homes by organizations who still print calendars and send them out every year. And then um, early December, we start distributing to our clients at the food pantry. So and set them all out on a big table and they can come up and paw through them and decide whether they like candles, calendars of animals or kids or landscapes or whatever. So I am, again, collecting. Um, I'll try to have a box next week, maybe out by the uh, well. We could use the same thing that we, once we take the socks out, we can just use the same thing perhaps for the calendars. Great. Don't have to look for another box. <laughs> So one calendar, <coughs> 10 calendars, 100 calendars, whatever you've got, I'll take them all. All right, thank you, Jerry. So uh, this, and there are other things that are uh, in here as well, so take a look and see what's going on in the life of our church. All right, we're doing a transition now in our worship. Uh, our kids are going to be going upstairs with Miss Allie, who I think is going to be back there. Uh, and so uh, once we do that, as the kids go upstairs, then the rest of us can uh, stand and pass the peace of Christ. Notice the name tags, people wearing red, saying like a, a wave from afar is cool. Yellow, ask how they're feeling today. Green means they're okay with a handshake or a side hug. Folks online, let us know how, that you're here too and give us your favorite uh, emojis. Uh, so let us pass the peace of Christ. <clears throat>
for today. Good morning. Um, today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus describes who is truly blessed. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to a mountain, and after he sat down, the disciples came to him. And when he began to speak and um, taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who revive you and for when people revive you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is, is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Karen. So there's been a, a community of people who are part of an institution, uh, and I've heard about this institution for a long time, and people uh, almost evangelize about being part of this institution, and I never really was a part of it until a few months ago. Now, I'm part of the institution and community as well. I'm talking, of course, about Costco. People who talk about Costco, seemingly, I think, anyway, the people that I talk to love, love Costco. Uh, and so we uh, joined it earlier this year because I kind of wanted to know what's the fuss. Uh, but one thing is we were getting ready for Halloween. I thought, well, our house is pretty popular for, we live in the South Loop and we live in an area that's pretty safe. And so a lot of kids, I mean, really, we'll probably have about 500 kids uh, come by. Uh, and so we don't even go back. We just are out handing out candy. And so we need to buy a lot of candy uh, for that. So I thought Costco is going to be the great place. So as soon as I walked in yesterday, there was the display. Uh, and these are massive bags. I mean, like really like 20-pound bags of candy. And I thought, will two be enough? Uh, and so when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, no, we need three of these massive bags. So I put all of these things in my cart and started wheeling. And some guy saw all of these bags of candy. He said, somebody's going to be blessed when they come to your house. <laughs> and it's so interesting that he said that because I'm like, I'm preaching about that tomorrow. I should have told him that. I'm preaching about that tomorrow. You should come and check us out. <laughs> this whole notion of blessedness. What does it mean to be blessed? Sometimes, for those of you on social media, you may see people who talk about, I am hashtag blessed, meaning something good has happened to them. And so their response to that is saying, I am so blessed because this thing has happened to me. And sometimes it goes a little bit uh, out of control, I think. So there is a theologian and author that I know, at least a few of you know, named Kate Bowler, uh, and she's written several books, and she talks uh, about this phenomenon about blessed. So actually, we have a quote uh, where she talks about this. She says, we don't live in a culture of blessing. We live in a culture of hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed is attached to anything from a birth announcement 
to a new boyfriend, to a rental car upgrade, to barely there bikini shots. Talking about, I am so blessed because of these particular things. And it's an interesting way to think about that for some people, like this good thing has happened to me, surely I am blessed. So I wonder for those people who talk about, I am hashtag blessed because this good thing has happened to me, what would they do with this passage that we read today that Jesus begins to share what blessedness really is? Because for those who talk about, I am blessed because these good things have happened to me, maybe their theology is such, God has seen fit to give me a rental car upgrade. I am hashtag blessed. What would they do when they start reading this and they say, oh, Jesus is speaking here. This is the Beatitudes. I think I've kind of heard about the Beatitudes. And right out of the box, Jesus said, blessed actually are the poor in spirit. Luke actually says, just blessed are the poor. And then Jesus goes on, blessed, and people are waiting for the good part, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted. This doesn't quite match my hashtag blessed view of the world. So what do we do with these two things? It might help a little bit to begin to explore what does Jesus mean, perhaps, what blessed is, in his mind, anyway. And especially today, uh, I want to make a note, and so I mentioned um, often during worship we have a time of testimony, someone comes up and shares, so we didn't do that today. We're going to have a little bit longer communion, because I'm going to give folks an opportunity to use those post-it notes Um, This week, uh, November 1st, is All Saints Day, and so it's a time in the church when folks remember the saints of their lives, particularly those who have passed away, and often those who have passed away within the last year. Um, Often in the church, they'll do the Sunday after November 1st to celebrate All Saints Sunday. We're going to do a little bit early and do it uh, today, give folks a chance to think about the saints in your lives, those who have had an impact. And so today, this passage Uh, from Matthew is often used on All Saints Day, especially the part that talks about blessed are those who mourn. So when Jesus uses the word blessed, what does he mean? Well, the word from the Greek here uh, is a a word, a Greek word uh, called makairios, makairios. And as it was used in the Greek time, in the secular sense, it was often used to mean fortunate or lucky. But is that what Jesus meant in reading some scholars this week? Not necessarily. They think it might have meant what is known as ashrei in the Hebrew scriptures. And an example of this is from the first psalm, the first verse. And Psalm 1-1 says, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. So this word happy is similar to the word that Jesus is using here, blessed. And so it's not happy as we might think of it, but instead thinking about it as Happiness that derives from a right relationship with God. So it's not necessarily about what God does, but more about where God is in relationship. Where are we? Are we in right relationship uh, with God? Blessedness is not something that we do or earn. It's about where are we in relationship with God. So there's a a, a scholar named Marsha Riggs, and she talks about it this way. So I think we have a quote for this. She says, those who receive God's favor are not the privileged classes 
of, in the context here of the Roman Empire or the Jewish establishment, the Beatitudes are spoken to those groups whom God deems worthy, not by virtue of their own achievements or their status in society. And that's contrary to, I think, what we in our society today think of as blessed. But instead, God chooses to be on the side of the weak, the forgotten, the despised, the justice seekers, the peacemakers, and those persecuted because of their beliefs. God chooses to be on the side of. This is a part of this quote that really stuck out to me. God chooses to be on the side of the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. God chooses to be on the side of the merciful and the peacemakers. This is what it means to be in that kind of relationship, to see where is God and are we alongside God as God sides with those who our society might put to the margins. That's, at least as we're reading it here, is what blessedness is. Where is God? Those are the ones who are blessed because they are in that close relationship with them. God is alongside them. And I've been thinking about that phrase all week. God chooses to be on the side of. And I've been thinking about it, especially as we read or watch all of the horrific things that continue to happen in Gaza and this week in Maine and in so many different places. And I think sometimes there's fear involved in that. Sometimes we are fearful because when we read about what's going on, especially in the Middle East, and we may have friends who may have strong feelings about one side or the other, and they may ask you, you've got to be on this side. Where are you in the midst of this? And so because of that, we might retreat. And so we don't want to take any sides at all. But what if it means, not that we necessarily take sides, but we think of ourselves, I am going to come alongside, rather than choosing sides, I'm going to come alongside a particular person or group. I read this week there's a woman who's the executive director named uh, Reverend May Elise Cannon. She's the executive director of Churches for Middle East Peace. And they've been very active in recent weeks. And she says this, for those who are Palestinian solidarity activists, part of what peace building looks like is recognizing this, grieving alongside Jewish families who have lost loved ones and abhorring the violence of Hamas in no way means compromising on issues of justice for Palestinians. Peace building can be completely condemning, taking civilians as hostages, and still working for an end to occupation. We come alongside those who deeply, deeply mourn. But then also just reading about the death toll in Gaza. So many Palestinians who have been killed, children who have died in bombings, and the numbers at times just overwhelm us, but this week, a friend of mine, uh, her name is Jane Easley. She served in, she was the pastor of Christ United Methodist Church in Rockford for many years. And just this past summer, uh, she went over to Jerusalem. She's a missionary with uh, the United Methodist Church. She's an advocacy coordinator for the Methodist liaison in Jerusalem. And this week, Jane asked for prayers, and it humanized things for me. She asked for prayers for a woman named Samar Hashwish, 
Peshwa. She's an administrator at the Methodist Liaison Office in Jerusalem. And the prayer request was, four members of Samar's extended family were killed by the Israeli airstrike on the Orthodox Church in Gaza City. Gazan Christians had been sheltering in that church and were stunned that the church was bombed. Pray for an immediate ceasefire and for humanitarian assistance for the people of Gaza. What side do we take? Perhaps this is something that we wrestle with. We have friends who are distraught about the innocent Jews in Israel whose families were killed. And our hearts are with the Palestinians who were innocently killed by the retaliation. What does it mean to be on one side or the other? But perhaps we might think, how can I come alongside the same people that God comes alongside, the same people that Jesus said, we come alongside those who mourn. We come alongside those who are poor in spirit. We come alongside those who are meek. We come alongside those who are persecuted because that's where God is. And so we come alongside. And by doing so, perhaps, by coming alongside, in a sense, we might be taking sides, but we are standing and sitting, lying, lamenting with those that Jesus says are blessed, which might not make sense as we think about blessedness. But if we think that this is where God is, alongside those that we often will ignore or forget. I think the same thing not only when we think about these larger issues, but even in our own personal lives too. And at times it is a challenge to think about how, how do I come alongside people who are close to me who are hurting and I know I've heard this so many times over the years. So many people in churches and communities are well-meaning, and so they hear about someone who loses a loved one, or they, they hear about someone who is sick, and so they want to say, do or say something, but they don't know what to say or what to do, and so that fear kind of makes them withdraw a bit, and they don't do anything. They may pray for them, but they don't know, they don't know what to do or what to say. And often there isn't anything magic to say or to do, but instead we simply come alongside them. I was talking to, um, I've, I've mentioned before, our, uh, the person who served, used to serve as our interim pastor at our Edgewater site, uh, urban village Edgewater in the city, Kari Lindholm Johnson, uh, received the awful diagnosis of ovarian cancer a few weeks ago. So I called her this week just to see how she was doing. She told me this really powerful story I, you know, we, we do, we've done a blessing of the animals uh, here, and I know how deeply people feel about their pets. I have a dog. I love my dog, but sometimes I always wonder, like, how, what is the theology around animals and pets? But after hearing this story this week, I think, you know, I think the spirit somehow mysteriously works as part of this creation as well. Kari told me the story uh, this past week. Um, this was, she had her first round of radiation. And she said, they told me about three to five days afterward, that's when it's really going to hit you. And she said, they were right. Day four, she was in such pain. And there was a half hour window where uh, her fam no one in her family was at home. It's just, she was the only one there. Uh, her husband and her two older children were, were out and about. She said she used that half hour. She was in such pain that she just began to moan audibly. 
just making these loud moans because the pain was so overwhelming. And then she said, they have a Siberian Husky named Jackie. As she was lying there, like moaning out loud, Jackie came alongside her and started to howl. <laughs> and I heard that, and I thought, it shifted my theology about animals a bit. Because sometimes I think we are afraid to come alongside people who are deeply in pain, who are mourning, who are meek, who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, the people who are crying out, like, why cannot we have gun laws that stop the killings that we see too often in our society, those who do so, and then those who are persecuted because they take stances like this, those who are poor in spirits. Our second song today kind of names this. At times we don't know, I need a reason because I can't find a reason to sing. And we have those moments where we are spiritually dry. And we don't know what to say. Those are the moments, Jesus says, you are blessed because God is with you in those moments. You are in that right relationship with God. And friends, our call, I think, is when Jesus tells us, friends, here are the people who are blessed in our society, then not only I hope that we can also sense God's presence in us and with us, but then perhaps that is also a call. How can we also join God in coming alongside those who are persecuted and those who mourn and those who are poor in spirit? And we don't say the magic words. We simply just are there. And maybe we wail and moan and howl alongside them. I think that's all we're asked to do. That's hard. I get the fear. It's awkward. How do I come alongside that? But I believe that is our call. Our society has a different way of thinking about what blessedness is. They think about it's everything that you can achieve and earn and all the good things that you receive. And these are, I'm not saying we shouldn't be grateful for these things, but perhaps we should think a little bit differently about what it means to be hashtag blessed. Instead of being overwhelmed with so much, instead think about those who have so little. Instead of being overflowing with joy, think about those who are despondent. Instead of those who have this amazing health, think about those who are sick and those who feel lost. That's where God is. And so may you and I join, come alongside those who are blessed, knowing that we are blessed in doing so. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, I am grateful for your presence in our midst. I pray that you would help us to think about what it means to be in right relationship. Help us to give the insight and the sense to know where you are in this world as we lament loss of life, as we prophetically speak out against violence, thinking 
and hoping and praying that our actions and our prayers might have an impact in the midst of all of that. Help us also to be attentive to where you are so that we might join you and that we might let others join us for those of us who mourn as well. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we respond to God's uh, word in our midst, and so we do so. We'll be gathering at the table today of communion, uh, and then also we respond um, by giving financially. If today's your first time here uh, in our community, feel no compulsion to give, that tear-off or the QR code uh, would be a really wonderful way to respond. If this is your church home, we invite you to think about uh, giving financially either in the plate or you can give online and there's info about how you can do that on the screen and for folks who are watching at home you can also do that online as well um, thank you JD for getting the plate uh, let us bring our gifts I mentioned today that we would take some uh, a little extra time during our communion and what I would like for us to do is to pay a particular attention to that part of the Beatitudes where Jesus said blessed are those who mourn as we think about All Saints Day this coming week in this time uh, where I'll be speaking and we'll leave time too as we come up for communion I would invite you to take one of those post-its, and if you feel so led, write the name of someone who is a saint in your life, who has been a saint in your life. Who is someone who has had an impact on your own faith journey, perhaps? Someone who has loved you unconditionally? Someone who, perhaps by their example or by something that they directly have done, and you are grateful for that saint in your life. And so I'd invite you to write their name on one of those post-its. And as you come forward and we'll leave some time, I invite you just to put one of those post-its somewhere up in the sanctuary. Maybe by one of the stained glass windows or maybe up by one of the tables that has the candles, maybe on the sign or a pew or the piano or wherever, wherever you would like so that we can pray for the saints that surround us of Hebrews talks about that great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. And so as I speak, I invite you to think about who are those saints 
and write their names on those post-its. Also in our uh, liturgy today, I'm going to <clears throat> invite you to join with me in singing parts of a song. We'll have it up on the screen, the screen that way. Uh, but also if you'd like to follow along, this is number 474, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, and we'll sing verse by verse, but we start here at the table, knowing that Jesus gathered with his followers often over meals, and I say it all the time, but that's a powerful moment whenever we gather with loved ones, strangers over a meal. And when Jesus did so with his followers on one particular night, the first thing he did was to give thanks. And so we give thanks out of our lives, even in moments of despair, of helplessness. Perhaps there is something for which we can give thanks. So we reflect on that. As we reflect on how we give thanks now, I would invite you to join with me in singing the first verse of this song, Precious Lord. grateful for the presence of Christ at this table. We give thanks to God and we're grateful for that presence that Jesus looked at all of those who surrounded him and took bread and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. He saw those who were tired and weak and worn, and he said, this is my body given for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples, and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so I'd invite you to join with me in singing this second verse and remembering Jesus' presence through his body and blood and life. Let us sing. When my way grows drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is all most gone, hear my cry, hear my call, 
we call upon the Holy Spirit to be present with us here and in this space, that presence that holds our hand and helps us from stumbling. And so now we take time to pray out of our hearts. So we invite you, I invite you to lift up your prayers, whether it is a prayer of confession, a prayer of gratitude, a prayer of intercession, a prayer of remorse, a prayer of lament. We lift up these prayers to God, trusting that the Spirit will intercede in our lives. And then we join our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Let us pray. God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come before you with all that is in our hearts, and we know that you respond with love and grace and forgiveness and second chances. You also come to us in brokenness, knowing that you come alongside those who are deeply, deeply mourning, who try and serve every day for peace, and we call upon your holy, holy spirits to be with those, especially in Gaza, especially in Lewiston, especially in Ukraine, especially in places in our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And we are grateful that we do not walk this journey alone, but you take our hand and we come alongside as well those who are in this space in our community and we join our voices in the prayer that you have taught us. There will be a version up on the screen if you know another version in your heart, you're welcome to pray that. Let us pray. Our Father, our Mother, our Parent, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. Pour out your spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, your presence, your peace, your grace, your love. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Steed, would you mind coming and helping with communion? Anna, would you mind coming and helping with communion? As they come forward, it's a word of instruction about how uh, we do communion here in this um, space. First and foremost, know that there is uh, that this is an, an open table. All are truly welcome uh, to be here and partake. We'll have uh, three people up front, a person with a loaf, and we'll take a piece of the bread, and then the person will be holding a cup of grape juice, and you can dip it into that cup. Uh, and then today, uh, not only can you light one of the candles uh, up front too, but again, you've got those post-it notes. You want to take a time of prayer and to honor and remember a loved one and post that somewhere so we have a sense of that cloud of witnesses uh, in our space today as we remember and are those are with those who mourn. 
We also will have um, a person up front holding this basket that will have uh, wafer and uh, juice, uh, gluten-free, so for those who would like one of those. Uh, again, this is an open table. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, uh, what faith you may ascribe to, what church you may have belonged to, what you believe or what you doubt. Uh, there is a place for you. We believe the presence of Christ is very powerful in this moment. So I invite you to, to be here and now. So come and eat.
can just keep playing. I'm going to do a walking prayer. So let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the saints in our midst, for Marty and for Virginia, for Jack, for Kenneth and Dennis. We give you thanks for Isaiah and Doris, for Stella, and we give you thanks for John. We remember those in our midst, others that we have named and put around our circle today, and those in our hearts, those saints in our lives, and we feel their presence. We give you thanks for Julie and Brian. We give you thanks for Anne and Claire. We give you thanks for Shirley and Arnold. We give you thanks for Grandma and Dorothy and Grace. These people who have been such an important part of our lives, oh God. And we feel their presence and we know when we miss them terribly, when we mourn with our hearts, we know that you are with us in those moments. And we are reminded whenever we gather together and we're at this table and we know of your presence through the bread and the cup, but also because of Jesus' words, blessed, blessed, blessed. Thank you, O God, for these cloud of witnesses. May we be inspired by their example that we might come alongside those who are hurting in our world. And all of this who pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm actually going to ask Marilyn to come up really quickly um, before we sing our last song. She has something to share with us.
We'll come back uh, in the sanctuary in about five or 10 minutes. So feel free to go and grab some goodies and come on back.